It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man, I'm going to change up the intro here every once in a while. So that's what you get today. Boom, it's Rusty. Welcome to the Public Access Podcast, the podcast, now the podcast, because broadcasting live out of Intercourse, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Public Access Podcast. Is it still alliteration if you use two letters over and over? There's your thought for today. There's your, I guess that's the beginning thought. It's not a Jerry Springer final thought, but that's the beginning thought. That's probably something also I can fact check on this internet and computer that I'm sitting in front of looking at. So thank you everybody for being here. And it's Friday, whatever that means to you. I'm going to do two podcasts today. Do, 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 two podcasts. So yeah, there's going to be this one and one right after this. Uh, special guests so i'm gonna bring out my special guest right here right now and my special guest right here right now is steven urius and there he is there's steven how you doing thank you for being here good morning thank you rusty i'm glad to be here how i'm i'm, I'm doing well how about yourself good i think i asked too many questions here at the beginning i should have should have broken that up a little bit, but it's uh, it's a wild morning today already. So, what what can you do? Uh, it's kind of the way this show goes. Who knows what's going to happen? So, I guess that's that's what it is today. And so, but I'm happy to have you here. I'm and, glad to be here. Yeah, and, and uh, so go ahead. The best podcasts are always the most unpredictable. When you have oh, no good. script, when you just let things flow, just heartfelt and out there, that's always the best. I'm glad you think that. I, cause I mean, sometimes, yeah, I've had people come on that uh, ask me, like, what questions they want me to ask them. And I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. This isn't the kind of show I think you're you're looking for this isn't set up here like that it's not um i mean they've I mean, they've probably also done a, a bunch of other podcasts just like that so i mean what i'm trying to get out of this show is something that's mm -hmm. going to be different because i mean i've had podcasts and uh that i've been on where they've asked me stuff and it's kind of i feel like i've told the same story and i can just say okay well here please refer to to this podcast and uh okay now there's there are 30 seconds done let's take the rest of this time to talk about something different because i don't want to tell the same story over and over again it's the same thing with that it was with 
comedy, which isn't the best way to do comedy because comedy is all about getting that uh, set up, uh, joke, punchline, all that perfected. But that's why I, I went over to podcasting more than comedy because, I mean, comedy, I can do that, but it doesn't always turn out perfect. And this turns out how it is. And so I like it that way. And so I'm happy that you're you're good to just go along with with that. And so I mean hopefully this will be a different podcast than what you've done. Are you so are you out getting uh, your podcast rounds? Are you hitting up all of the podcasts you can? Yeah. I've, yeah, I've I've been on I've been on a few. Um I also have my own as well that I do that uh, is for recently published or first-time published authors so they can get some exposure on their books. And it is it is pretty much scripted. It's it's the flow of why did you write this book? Um, what audience are you trying to reach? Things like that. But it's just to get people exposure on having their book out there for the first time. That's different. I mean, that's that's understandable why it's that way, and um, that's going to be able to get their best exposure out there. Um, and I, I I appreciate that. Do you? Uh, it's like one of the questions I like to ask when I have authors on, um, and you probably have this one. You probably answered it a bunch. So, when you get the idea in your head, is that going? Do you have a pen and pad? Uh, do you have your phone, your computer, do you have a chisel and a stone or <laughs> does and then does it change <laughs> later on? Um, so for me personally, whenever I get an idea in my head, I have a uh, Facebook Messenger message to myself. Cool. And I just type it out as it flows out. I mean, and then I'll send it to myself and then I'll go back and I'll look at it and add what needs to be added to it or say that's garbage or wow that it really is something but yeah it's a it's a personalized message to myself that i can just type out on the phone and then so once you get it typed out then is it i mean how often are you going back over it are you going back and revisiting things or is it just you get it out there and then it's gone into the the message to Steven universe and then just maybe somehow you come back upon it sometime like oh that was a good idea I should I should elaborate on that it's a mixture of both lately um with my first five books that I wrote it uh, it just came out and the ebb and flow of it was exactly the way I wanted it to be uh, there was a few editing for punctuation um, proper grammar and i tend to use the word awesome way too much <laughs> so trying to find different uh words to describe things and um it's just it it just comes and yeah i submit it over to my editor and they go through it and say this is great or redo it and if it's something that I want to elaborate more on, then I'll go for that. If it's something that I'm just like, I'm glad I got that out of my head, then I'll just leave it there. So as far as the word awesome, are you 
do you have a thesaurus or are you no, like do you have the online thesaurus uh <laughs> or have you found a, a word that you have used that is your new favorite that could replace awesome or is awesome just kind of up in its own category of awesome <laughs> well growing up i was a huge teenage mutant ninja turtle fan so awesome is going to be in the uh, vocabulary for the rest of my life it's it's just it's a part of who i am <laughs> um but yes i, I do use uh, thesauruses at times to figure out different words to use and because i'm a children's book writer i can't go too far into the um wayward to describe something that the kids aren't going to understand i i tend to push the envelope a little bit on words where it may be a little bit more difficult for a younger person to understand initially, but surrounding it, they can use uh, words with more syllables in them. Okay. Uh, so speaking of Ninja Turtles, uh, I found out the other day where the word cowabunga came from. It came from the Howdy Doody show. There was a uh, a native character on there, and that was his uh, greeting was cowabunga. And so I did not is, know that. <laughs> yeah, I knew did I. And that just came about. And I was like, oh, all right, okay, I can get down with that. That's pretty cool. Um Yeah, it is really cool. I always thought it was surfer language. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was too, but uh howdy doody. But I mean maybe there was some sort of crossover. Maybe he was a, a surfing guy or something, who knows? But um <laughs> I... yeah. So what I guess let's go. What got you into Ninja Turtles? Are, are you kind? Of, how old are you? I guess it's kind of a two part question. I'm 45. Okay, so you're about and my and just growing up in the 80s and the 90s. That's what was cool. And I was an artist, so drawing Ninja Turtles was always fun, and it always got uh, really good attention so if you drew a really cool leonardo or michelangelo or all four of them together people would come up wow look at that that's so cool and at eight nine ten years old hearing that that's cool is kind of uh, boosting on the ego you know <laughs> absolutely and so then who was your favorite person who drew it who or do you have one? Or or is, is the Steven Urias the uh, best <laughs> drawn version of the Ninja Turtles? Well, I definitely like the original series, the original cartoon series. I still have the, uh, the song memorized in my head, and it'll randomly come out at times. Uh, I was happy that I was able to find a streaming service that has all the series um, on right now, so... I'm able to watch it with my kids and say, this is what I grew up with now. Granted, they're like, um, this isn't very good. And I'm like, well, in the 80s, it rocked, man. It was totally tubular in the 80s and awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so but, that's like the Batman kind of thing, like with the uh, the the old Batman of the, uh, you know, um, Adam West and... Uh, that kind of thing and then like you know when we were kids that was the old i mean but that was still pretty cool then i it was yeah it was very cool still I, but yeah i mean the the younger generation just doesn't 
looking back on it, nostalgia, it really is different because when you watch it as a kid, it's one of the best things you've ever seen. Going back on it, you're like, wow, some of this was really bad acting, very bad <laughs> um, animation, and the story really has no turn or anything. It's just, it, you got to bake everything into a 22-minute episode. And... Having yeah, it's a lot nice different looking at it. At the end for each episode, <laughs> exactly. Uh, with exactly. The, the moral and everything. and um, They were always, it was always interesting. And then so I'm I'm from Oregon, and so like the third Ninja Turtles movie, the one where they go to Japan, was filmed in Astoria, where like oh. yeah, where like the Goonies and Kindergarten Cop and Short Circuit uh, were all filmed. There's some other wow. ones I'm forgetting, but yeah, um, and so that was always interesting. Uh, always made me want to go to japan but i've never been to japan but uh because of that probably because of that that movie and other stuff too but um i don't know but yeah or, or oregon's a weird place and the movies that came out of there there wasn't a lot of them filmed there so it was always like that was what we knew it was like it was like oh man the goonies because people go to that goonies house and um but yeah, now, now I mean, there's a little more of things that have been filmed there, but oh, yeah, you said the Goonies and Short Circuit; those are two, Short, yeah, very big movies from my childhood, man. Yeah, Johnny Five, man, Johnny Five live, man, and uh, oh yeah, well, they had one of the greatest insults of all time, man. Uh, hey, <laughs> laser lips, your mama was a snowblower, <laughs> right. And I still say that here in 2023, however, exactly. probably 35 years later or something, still telling people that and watching them be like, what, what the fuck's this guy talking about? But <laughs> then, then I can point them to short circuit and tell them to go watch short circuit because it's a great movie. Oh, it was absolutely great. And it had a uh, Ali Sheedy and Steve Gutenberg. So combining uh, Breakfast Club and the Police Academy movies into a kid's movie. Was like... <laughs> right. And those were two movies that I, I watched a lot of, um, you know, when, I mean, I guess Police Academy was seven movies or so. Um, I mean, I watched all those quite a bit. Probably the fourth one the most, though, which the the citizens on patrol one citizens on patrol yeah <laughs> and i still get that stuck in my head sometime the the song from that uh, it's just so good and uh yeah i mean i don't know so i mean i with nostalgia too i mean nostalgia has been such a huge part of our our generation and i'm not quite sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing or if or what but it sure sure is there it sure is there and i mean even with stuff like the you know the the video stores and and stuff of that nature one of them i won't uh well i will say uh but i mean blockbuster video was uh but i like to say that blockbuster video was the walmart of video stores and I mean, it was there's something I there's still that 
you know, that one blockbuster that's left now that's also in Oregon. And um yeah, there before... I worked I worked at Blockbuster Video when I was twenty. How did mm -hmm. that go? I was... It was looking back on it, one of the craziest times of my life because I'm 20 years old. I'm not quite old enough to drink, but it was definitely party era time. Um, Thursday and Friday nights were always intense because the lines were just out the door. And whenever we'd ever have a promotion on anything of, uh, you know, like buy one, get rent one, rent one for a dollar, it would just get insane sometimes. And I had a saying there, be kind, rewind, that was put on every single tape, but not too many people knew that. And if you remember back in the day, there were so many rewinders, uh, like cars that you put the tape into and the, push it down, it would automatically rewind it and things like that. The, if the kids saw it, all it did. Yeah. If kids it, saw that nowadays, they'd be like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. I, I see them often um, at thrift stores and garage sales now still like and i i want to pick them up i mean they don't they don't sell for very much but i mean vcrs uh vcr dvd combos or you know stuff like that i've especially once uh during the shutdown like they were just flying i couldn't hold on to those things like I, i'd find them and then just they'd be gone and I still have a good supply of them. I still have at least, I don't know, at least four or five. I'm always kind of switching them in and out if I get some new ones or if I get, like I have a TV VCR combo here. Those things too were just, everyone was buying those up and just, oh, yes. um, but I mean, I would rather watch a cassette tape than watch some high definition movie <laughs> nine times out of 10 because, but then I also like recording my music onto cassette tape. Um, and then I'll, you know, like I'll record it on cassette tape and then connect that cassette tape or like, you know, the, stereo to a computer and then upload it that way but i don't know just the analog sound up sound analog look of everything was just something different and i don't know if you know that's that nostalgia again just it, it's a it, preference yeah but i will say that um one thing that i uh, enjoy with the old ones is that there was no upgraded special effects so, like, you look at the Star Wars movies, when you Wars. watch it on the original VHS tape copy, um, it's what was in the theater uh, when it first came out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he started going in and he started adding all these new wave special effects and all of these different characters and extended scenes. And it's like, no, just let it be what it was. I mean... VHS, if you remember, the movie would come out in the theater and it would be a year before it would get to VHS. So it was like seeing the yeah. movie for the first time all over again. And now kids these days, I mean, I took my kids to go see the Five Nights at Freddy's movie and we came home 
and it's already available on Peacock. <laughs> it's like yeah. you had no wait for anything. Which yeah, and then you know it was also you go and have to back to the blockbuster. You know you could go and pre-order and put down like five dollars or or something onto the the pre-order. And I mean, was that a thing too? Then with that you would come across a lot, or is that sort of? I seem like that was sort of like towards the the latter part, like the maybe the late '90s or so. That seemed to be more of a thing. Yeah, so um, it, they didn't do it on every movie, just the big movies. I remember doing the uh, the Batman, the original Batman, Michael Keaton, oh, and okay. yeah. we we put uh, we put twenty dollars down to buy it, um, and we had to wait the six months uh, to get it. Wow. Okay. And then and and then one day they called us up and we're like, "All right, your movie's in," and we went and picked it up and watched Batman that night. Uh, at Blockbuster, when I was there, we were in that heated debate of HD, DVD, or Blu-ray <laughs> was the next big thing. Yeah. And I I was on the side of HD, DVD, because we had DVDs. Everybody knows what a DVD is. Nobody knows what a Blu-ray is. Right. You have to have a special player to have to be able to play it, um, much like well, I don't know. The laser disc, those things did look pretty yes. awesome. Uh, you just had to deal with these big, big discs. Yeah, but yes, yeah, but it's the size of an album. I mean, come yeah. on, it's like an album of a movie. It was beautiful. Yeah, I I just came across a whole bunch of them maybe a little over a year ago. Um, I got like I don't know, probably like twenty five of them that were most of them were pretty good. And um, it was at a at a Savers, which is like a Goodwill kind of a place. And mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. just picked them all up. I grabbed them all, and probably like five of them were pretty good, and like the rest of them were just sort of, you know, they weren't worth a lot. But of those, and probably like ten of them were still movies I'd want to watch. Then I'm like, crap, I don't have a, a laser disc player, and so. I ended up selling them, but it was definitely a, a nice thing to be able to see. And what could have been with those? What could have been with those laser disc players? And I wish, oh, yeah. I wish there would have been. I, I only knew one person growing up that had them, and that would have been like, yeah, right around like, I don't know, mid '90s somewhere. I think mm -hmm. I was in early mid '90s, and still I was like. Yeah. In, fifth grade or so for fifth grade and that came out and uh yeah someone had like well this is this is cool and then yeah even you know however long later it's still pretty pretty great to see and so where well, was the, the oh go ahead the box art on the laser discs were amazing too because you had the full page the full picture on there and then they opened up and there was just so much to reveal into it that were just fun to just look at and draw and yeah it was like having a an album that was a movie that was just it was it was unbelievable but when they came out they were expensive i mean they were they were over a thousand dollars in the you know that yeah. late 80s early 90s and the only people i knew they were the people that had the most money <laughs> yep that's yeah that's how it was with the person that i knew that had it and i was like 
this is something. This is yeah, pretty <laughs> cool. Like, and, exactly. Yeah. And so, where was the blockbuster you worked at? Uh, in Colorado. Col- okay. And um, it was one of it was, I think it was the third busiest one. Um, we have a street in Colorado called Colfax that's known for the longest um, continuous named street in America. And it was also the street that has the most crime. <laughs> so anybody in Colorado back in the day, if he said off Colfax, he'd be like, oh, Colfax, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, every every Friday and Saturday was just intensive renting movies. And there were a lot of kids that came in to get the, the movies and, you know, parent, they, they, people would get three, four, five movies at a time. And just like, all right, well, I guess you're having a whole weekend of watching movies. And then I had to become a movie expert at that time. So if somebody came up and said, uh, what do you recommend in watching tonight? And I had to break them down to well, what kind of movies do you like or what kind of um, actors do you like? And at the time, the movie The Usual Suspects just came out. Oh, okay. And it was a relatively unknown. Uh, you know, I mean, there weren't. It wasn't like big box office. It wasn't like everybody knew who it was. And my manager came to me and said, "I just watched this last night. And you got to watch this." I was like, "Okay." And I watched it. And from then on, for the next three weeks, if anybody had a question, what do you recommend? Usual Suspects. You got to watch Usual Suspects. Great movie. Yeah, yeah, great, great movie. All it's great all the way through, and yeah, it gave a lot of those actors their kind. Of, I would say most of them their break, um, which was cool to see, and then to see each one of them go off, and then one of the best twists at the end of a movie. Oh yeah! Uh, oh, by far that twist at the end was just like what? <laughs> yeah, and like oh, okay, that's that's how it works, and um, yeah, and it was. It was a lot of fun. And so then, uh, so was that like by Denver area or were you? Mm-hmm. So it was in Denver. Oh, did you ever go to Casa Bonita? Oh, of course. <laughs> Casa Bonita has been a staple. <laughs> that place was, it was pretty cool. I went out there uh, like right, I don't know, probably like 2019. It was a little, a little before um you know the shutdown and stuff and i uh, took a trip out there and like i gotta go but it was luckily it was like on a tuesday or wednesday afternoon so it wasn't super packed but that was a cool one to get to check out and um i, I feel like now that it's opening back up and I, they've already done this i don't know if it's fully open back up yet or if it's still just a soft it is open all the way back up it is open okay. all the way back up but it's, um, you know, it's owned by Trey Parker and Matt Stone now. So, yeah, um, they completely changed the uh, nostalgic feeling of it before. Oh, now, granted, don't get me wrong. The nostalgic feeling before the only thing that was good at Casa Bonita were the empanadas. And that was it. Everything else was just like yeah. <laughs> not good food. You didn't go for the food, right. but they yeah. did make it so that the food is a lot better now. Um, they changed it to a one price. So oh. you go in, pay one price per person, and you can do everything. 
Um, it has gotten a lot more expensive, but it's also gotten a lot of upgrades. So it, it's it's really really nice. And um, you went considering it's been in so many South Park episodes. I mean, they were the perfect people to to buy it and open it. Yeah, I mean that was part of the reason I went there, and it was it was odd. I was on a I was on a bus um, to go out there, and so <laughs> like. You just sort of get towards the end of the line of uh, of that route, and there's you know a few people left on the bus, and then you just you get to this strip mall, and it's just in, in the middle of this strip mall. You're like, oh, okay, this is <laughs> it doesn't look that big, and then you get inside, and this is huge, and um, yeah, I mean the South Park was totally the reason why I ended up going there. It's like we were yeah had a trip out to um. To Denver, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, we got to go, we got to go do this if we're here, and so, so then you went after it opened back up recently. Um, I, no, I I haven't oh, been okay. yet. Um, it was on a wait list for quite some time, and um, I mean, when when it first opened up back, there was the uh, the high end people were able to get the tickets to go in and. People were sure. selling their their seats for you know thousands of dollars to just get in and things like that. Whoa! Um, it has since died down a little bit, and the hype's kind of gone down a little bit. But it's still very very busy, and it's still um, you got you got to make reservations to get in there still. Wow! So okay, yeah, I mean that yeah, that's something I would for sure like to go check out again. If and plus, yeah, I liked it liked it up there i like that uh the high desert high desert's definitely something i'm, I'm a fan of and yeah i don't know I, I missed that part but so you're still out in denver area then uh and so then does denver or the area does that work in at all with your books or is it kind of an anywhere place or in your books um, no, I, there's no there's no location um, for the books, and um, it's more of a, a made up town uh, in my books. But I don't really go into the town of anything. The third book, I introduce a new character, and I introduce the school that they all go to, and it's. And I haven't even come up with the name of the school yet. I just kind of want to call it like any town school. <laughs> and just something just generic on it because it doesn't matter. These these stories really, they're about experience and they're about uh, emotions and they're about understanding uh, for kids of younger that they can understand what's going on a little bit. And that can happen anywhere. So did the school, though, have any likeness to schools you went to growing up <laughs> all schools look the same <laughs> yeah. they all have the same hallways the same lockers the same people that attend you know you have all the groups all the clicks you have everything i mean unfortunately when it comes to school they're all relatively set up the exact same I mean, um, yeah the ones that have the uh, more colorful demeanor, I guess, are the ones that are getting more city taxes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a 
pretty. I don't know. I, I'm surprised I made it out. I'm surprised. Like, I, and I wish that I could have. Uh, I asked my parents a bunch if I, because I turned 16 after ninth grade, like the summer between ninth and 10th grade. And that's when you can get your GED. And I asked every, not every day, but it seemed like every day if I could go and just do it. And I said, nope, you have to keep going, keep going. And I wish. I still wish. I still wish I, I would have left after 15. and Because, I mean, I was already working. And I still had a lot I wanted to learn. But the stuff I wanted to learn, I don't think I would have. I don't think school was the place. I, of The things I wanted to learn and the things that have helped me as a 41-year-old, I don't think that the rest of school or college was the the right place for that. So um, I don't know, but I, you know, I don't want to give out the, you know, <laughs> drop out of school and never learn anything again, because I mean, like right now you can get anything online. Um, if you want college stuff, Stanford, Harvard, Stanford, Harvard, MIT, all have all their classes, all their courses, all their, paperwork all online for free youtube university is unlimited education uh, i mean it's out there and like you know i feel like there's a lot of stuff that i've been very interested in and could go very far into that and learn from it but i don't know school wasn't wasn't that for me so um, I, I i understand completely um I was part of Denver School of the Arts. And okay, cool. for the first two um, periods of the day, I, I got into school and all we did was draw and paint. Three oh, hours. Wow. Draw and paint for three hours. And that was amazing to me. Yeah. It was worth it was worth going every day through till senior year just for that. And then the other classes were just your your English, science, your math. Your, but, it took care of itself in there so i i enjoyed that aspect but i never wanted to go into like college or anything my daughter on the other hand she is going to graduate next may from the university of northern colorado and okay i've been very proud of her and sticking through it and uh, going through and actually learning and doing homework and everything and i told her what school is is it gives you a key and that key opens up doors that were unavailable to you before you got that diploma or before you got that degree or before you got that master's it just opens up doors that's all and the only people that really need extended school are going to be doctors <laughs> right it's because they've got to have you know what they need um also lawyers lawyers need to know the law on, on different subjects of things but for most people who are just going to go into the workforce and do um what they're going to do you know, it just opens up that key to be able to earn a higher potential or earn or you know just say you've done this and it shows that you actually can work through things for four years <laughs> right well and i mean like the I think it was the Rockefellers that started the American Education Foundation. It was the Rockefellers or the 
I'm pretty sure it was the Rockefellers or some family like the Rockefellers, but it takes 12 years to fully indoctrinate someone um, to, they figured this out, to become custom to an eight hour a day, five day a week cycle, which is school, which would then become get you to become a model eight hour a day, five day a week worker. And they right. were, and so, I mean, I mean, it works and um, I don't know. I, I've gone down that path sometimes I've done the, that, but maybe it'll be right for me one day, but right now it's not. And I have my other ways to, do do my life and um yeah i mean it's it's different for everyone and some people can just thrive in it some people have that that code down that uh that konami code of learning how <laughs> to work within that system and you know work in the best way and uh, all the praise to those people that can do that um i wish i could have but uh, it's not not for me and so then, um, so how long did you work at Blockbuster for? I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but yeah, no worries, no worries, no worries. I, um, I worked there for two years. Okay. I worked okay. my way up to management, and um, after after a short some time, you're like, okay, I'm 21 years old. I'm 22 years old now, and I I don't want to be a Blockbuster manager and. I mean, we, we all saw the writing on the wall. We knew where things were going. We knew that eventually DVDs, VHSs. I mean, we already saw the VHSs starting to go away. I mean, we were selling them for 99 cents or buy three, get three free. I mean, <laughs> they were just loading out those VHSs as, as much as they possibly can to make way for the DVDs and eventually the Blu-rays. And so then what'd you do after you were, you left Blockbuster? Where, where did that go? <laughs> uh, so night shifts uh, for Blockbuster, I'd, I'd moonlight as a stand-up comedian. Where and did you do, in Colorado? In Colorado, okay. yeah. All right. Um, How was that? So every, it was one of the most amazing, one of the most scariest and one of the worst parts of my life. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, the very first time I ever went on was an uh, open mic night at uh, Comedy Works, and it was uh, they 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 gave you three minutes, and for three minutes I bombed, <laughs> and I mean I was quite proud of my set. I I thought I had some funny things that I said, and I thought I had good timing. I thought I was perfect and i ended up wearing a purple suit thinking right. okay you know what this is going to get some attention people are going to listen and oh that was the longest three minutes of my life man I, I don't think i got one laugh i don't think and i walked off that stage just like wow okay that that really sucked <laughs> so i changed my setup a little bit and kept going on things and I got my timing down, wore different uh, attire, trying to figure out what 
people are going to respond to. And for the most part, people responded to just jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> just go up there with jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. And then I started to get laughs. And I started to figure out more stuff. And then I started to really enjoy it. And I started a comedy circuit called the Colorado Comedy Circuit. And we had five places around town that we would go to five nights a week and do comedy. I started bringing in more people from those amateur nights to get stage time and get their timing down. We never got big. I mean, our, our biggest crowd was probably like 14 people. <laughs> hey, I mean, you got, that's, that's quite a bit for stand-up comedy, like uh, 14 people. Like, <laughs> I mean, for real, like, I, yeah, I've been to a lot and it's hard to get even, you know, friends and stuff to come uh, to it. Like the, the best um, like help, the best, uh, like the best chance you're going to have someone to come to your show is if you're a musician, there's there, they, they have the most supportive friends and family oh, yeah. uh but then you, you're like oh okay yeah come to my comedy night like eh, 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 i'm good i'm good i'm good but yeah. i mean yeah you're like oh, come to my concert like we're gonna be playing for you know six minutes uh at 11 45 at night sure i'll be there and you got like <laughs> exactly. 25 people there just ready and um yeah comedy is hard one and i was i was producing shows for a while and it was it was hard some nights to get people to come in, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's fun. So then did you stop doing comedy? Did you do comedy for a bit? And then you, you got left married, <laughs> got married. Okay. Got married, had kids. Um, when you, when you get married and have kids, the comedy and anybody who's done stand up comedy knows that the comedy style is at night in bars. It's a very, you know, alcoholic and drug area for doing it because the the comedians that i knew that i that i had uh met during that time they were going from kansas to los angeles and hitting everything in between for comedy clubs just finding anything to be able to go and do themselves and be able to get on stage and occasionally they do it for like fifty dollars, and that'd be enough to get gas and no dose, head to the next town. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So that lifestyle is not convenient for somebody who wanted to be married with kids. Yeah, I mean, I once I stopped drinking and uh, you know just you know going out every night. It just it was like yeah, I don't really want to be doing this anymore like I'm, <laughs> I'm good this isn't this isn't my seat anymore and yeah just I mean it would be like you know get done with the show and then yeah go to the bar with everyone afterwards and then mm-hmm. like okay yeah it, and it got old and then it yeah it became uh and comedians own aren't always the most positive people to <laughs> to be around and i i know i mean I, I that was me and like i was like there's a lot of people like that uh it's probably not good for all of us to be hanging out all the time together oh yeah 
Oh yeah, so, no the, the the cutthroat in the comedy industry is crazy. Yeah, and we, I mean, comedians know when somebody's going to make it to that next level, and some people will try and hop on the coattails of that person to go with them. Other people will try to drag them down. Um, other people will just completely ignore. But um, during my reign is when Josh Blue first came on the okay. scene in Colorado. And when I first saw him, his very first set, I knew there was something special about him. I knew he had something that nobody else was doing before and the crowd had no idea how to react. How do you react to this? And you want to laugh, but at the same time, I mean, you can't... Right. How are you supposed to laugh? He wanted you to laugh and he brought that out in people. And there were so many people backstage just trying to just you know snuggle up to him trying to get on his coattails because they knew he was going to make it big and yeah. sure enough when that uh comedy central came in and gave him his own special they, everybody was like oh remember me remember me remember me no it's a it's a cutthroat world it, it is not a pretty place to be <laughs> yeah i very much agree and so it's it's good to just yeah be uh like okay i did that but yeah, I'm 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 good. I'm good here doing what I'm doing now. And so um <laughs> and so then so then you got to go and pivot then was uh was it a while before you went from comedy into writing or did that um like you had got married, had kids and started writing or was it yeah, you're so... already writing, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, experiences, but then I, I went into the workforce and worked for corporate America, you know, had to earn money, make make money, pay bills, the whole you know, nine yards of that. Um, slips along the way and you know, vacations every now and then, just trying to live life, trying to raise kids. Yeah. It wasn't until... Uh, 2020 when my dad died and we knew it was coming we uh we were able to go to the hospital and say our goodbyes then COVID happened and then my mom passed in 2021 and my marriage failed in 2022 so I'm in this landslide depression of everything that just is going wrong and feeling horrible i ended up living in the car for a little while um, here in colorado in the winter time just freezing and not wanting to be around anymore so i remember one night i laid down tried to get comfortable and i heard a voice say not yet i i swear it was my mom and i wrote the first book just came out. I wrote it in 20 minutes. Whoa. I looked at it and I was like, this is pretty good. And I didn't know really what I had. And I, I was completely insecure and completely in the dumps. So I said, let's rally around this. And I reached out to some publishers. And Vanity Press Publishers came at me right and left. Like, we love your story. Pay us $5,000. We'll get it published and out there. And like, I'm living in the car. I don't have $5,000. I'm sorry. Right. And my publisher now, Soul Sunshine, 
uh, reached out to me on Facebook because I was looking at trying to do it myself, just publish it myself. She could tell me a story. And we talked over Messenger and we started crying. And she said, your story reminds me so much of the story of me and my best friend. And I was like, wow, okay. And she said, I want to publish you. And I'm like, I don't have the money to publish. And she said, I'll publish you for free. And you help me with some Facebook posts. You help me with some social media posts. You do some marketing for me and we'll get this out there. And then she sent me money to get a hotel room and I was able to get cleaned up and get a hot meal. And I started drawing right away. So my books are written and illustrated by me. And then just things started becoming more positive and they started becoming, I started meeting new people. Um, I met a friend who heard my story and then she brought me onto her podcast and then she brought me into her insurance business. And it was like, positive after positive after positive going and then uh, I ran into some friends and then I found a place to stay and it was just like this buildup of everything which started becoming good and I'm thankful every day that I did not end it that night and yeah it just it, it was overwhelming on things and that was that was the first book the second book has been a different story but that was the first book for sure and you got it and yeah i mean and i'm happy you got to you know come on here and be able to tell tell the story and get out and um and so when people are looking to find you where are they going to go where are they going to find you where are they going to find your books to <laughs> buy them or read them or where, what website i'll link it all here too but just so it's yes. uh, an audio video form too i'm uh i'm on amazon right now and you can always find me on my social media posts i have a web page that has all my social media i do um facebook a whole lot for post on wise and uh reply back to people because i mean they're children's books so there's a lot of moms and dads on facebook <laughs> right I don't, I don't think i don't think i'm gonna have uh, six-year-olds getting on a TikTok being like, hey, I love your books. <laughs> so, um, Are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. What, yes. what do you do on and, TikTok? I, I like asking people who are over 30 uh, what they do on TikTok. I'm on TikTok too. I'm, like I said, I'm 41. What do you, what, what's your TikTok like? Uh, it's primarily just short videos of my characters, um, my artwork, However, I did go live, and when I was live, I did have a, I'm sure he's probably like 14 or 15 years old, tell me on live that he gets anxiety, and he was afraid to tell his parents about it. So we kind of talked, and I told him, it's okay to talk to your parents about it. They're not going to be upset with you. But when I got off that TikTok live with him, I wrote the third book. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, it came to me right then and it was it was like supposed to be um same with the fourth book i was live on tiktok and my dad said he gets bullied and, or his son gets bullied at school and he didn't know how to do how to work with it and i was like oh well bullying is an issue and then got off with him and wrote the next book so it was like inspirational in so many ways to do it um other than that i just enjoy 
people's content and seeing what people do. I especially love the whole Gen X stuff and how Gen X is who we are because of why we are and having to raise ourselves because both parents worked and <laughs> not being home before the street lights and uh, come on and um, yeah, we learned how to cook and clean and we learned how to um, take care of ourselves, get to school. They never had school snow days because they never canceled school. Um, right. It, you know, it was, it was everything. It was different back then. Yeah. Um, we didn't have the internet. We learned how to play outside. We learned how to play squirt guns and build a fort and go away for hours and never be questioned about anything. <laughs> Just be back when the lights are on or when dinner's ready. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, you hear these parents having like these tracking devices on their kids, and you're just like, wow, just let them be, man. Yeah. Or like even <laughs> yesterday, I saw the uh, uh, the the kid on the leash. That that one was always a oh, an interesting one seriously. for me. Uh, I'm like, well, all right, like. I, I don't know. It's it's always that one, that one always cracks me up whenever I see it. Um, I'm not a parent, so I mean I can't. I don't know. Like seeing seeing a kid on a leash has always been something that will make me chuckle because um, I couldn't imagine that uh, my parents. So what what that what that stems from um, from what I've known is that kid likes to run around a lot, which kids do. You got to run around, but yeah. But that parent doesn't like to pay attention. And don't like to let the kid run around. Can't just let the yeah. kid run around. And... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They, they got to run around. You got to. They've got to. Get that energy out, man. Let them run. You don't have to pay constant attention over them. I mean, they, they let them discover yeah. things. Let them understand what, you know, it is to slide on a hot slide or Right, breeze in your legs off. yeah exactly <laughs> we can all know that <laughs> uh, i mean yeah like uh i mean so yeah it, like those days when it was i mean you, you're in colorado where it's sunny every day pretty much and so i mean i'm sure those those things were, were blazing so yeah that in portland i mean it was those and it'd be sunny but then it'd be like big old mud puddle that you fall into at the end of it so it was a nice combination of everything get you all <laughs> burnt and then drop into the mud puddle and you're, you're good and um but yeah so steven thank you so much for being on i enjoyed getting to talk to you not know what we're gonna talk about get to where we're going and what we got to and um yeah very much enjoyed it and yeah you're certainly very welcome I'd love to. Um, yeah. I, I appreciate Pretty it too. Much. And just conversation. I mean, that's, that's, that's what life is all about. Learning to converse and talk to somebody else and learning about them and just being able to enjoy. So I appreciated that there was no script here and no flow. We just, you and me back and forth is two humans. And I, yeah. I appreciated that very much. So I like it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll get, I'll get in touch with you. Yeah. Probably like three months. So like sometime in, um February or something I'll have you back on. Sounds perfect. Thank you, Rusty. All right. Yeah, you bet. Have a good day. Yes. Thanks. Oh, I cut him off because I'm a dick. So um sorry, Steven. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh
it. I, I swear I did. I, I guess I, I had to click the put in waiting room button, but yeah, I'm sorry. So thank you everyone for listening. Everyone check out Even Uriest. I'll put the links below or wherever to the side somewhere. But thank you everyone for listening here. You guys can call in and leave a message. I'll play it on air. That'll be fun, won't it? Won't that be fun? Won't that be fun? Call and leave a message. 503-974-6420. Maybe you don't like leaving messages and you're like... Messages? Messages? We don't leave no stinking messages. But I need messages, so 503-974-6420. You guys, thank you so much for being here and doing stuff. And that is the show, man. Boom! It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker.